Happy New Year. <laughs> is it Happy New Year or is it Good Riddance? Which is it? <laughs> Probably a little bit of both. Let's ring something different in. I hope you had a good evening of celebration. I hope that you were safe and that uh, you are starting this new year off swimmingly because we need to send a lot of really good energy into the year. Let me tell you how the astrological chart read as far as keywords that we've been following all through the week as we start this New Year's Day with a Leo moon, where, by the way, it stays all day. It doesn't move into Virgo until 8.45 p.m. tomorrow. I like that. I like that we have a Leo moon starting off this new year. You remember that saying that people kicked around? uh, I heard this several years ago. You probably did, too, where it says that in the African tundra, a lion awakes. The sun comes up and a lion awakens and that the sun comes up and a gazelle awakens And if the gazelle doesn't run faster than the lion, the lion will catch it and overcome it, and it will become the lion's meal. But the point of the story is the sun is up and you'd better be running. (laughs) Well, I hope that COVID is the gazelle and that the lion of 2021 kills it and eats it and it's gone. Don't we all wish that? That's a good visual, isn't it? Well, let's put that out and let's see what happens. Because the year begins from a keyword standpoint, and I looked at this to see where these came from, and I've got an idea now. The first keyword that is with us for most of the first part of the day is loneliness. That's the top keyword. Isn't that kind of reflective? And I looked deeper into the software to see where that was coming from, and it's not planetary aspects. It's midpoints. And midpoints are something in the chart that really we don't get into very much, but it's the angles between the aspects. That's the simplest way to put it for what we do here. There are other things that you can do to study and drill down on that, and it really gets into the what I think is the brilliance of astrology. And fortunately, this software program that I use for these keywords does pull the midpoints out and factors them in. So that's strictly where this is coming from. It's not coming from the moon in Leo and aspecting the sun or anything like that. It's strictly the midpoints. Now, yesterday we mentioned projects, so getting things moving. That's another one. Then change and dissatisfaction comes up. Disease is in there along with happiness and creativity. Kind of a mixed bag today, isn't it? And then we get into accident, injury, surgery. And then our old friend from earlier in the week, delusion, kind of pops up in there. But we also have a couple of good things, travel, ambition. Now, the thing that's interesting with today that that did not happen through the week is that when we get into the later part of the afternoon, the keywords change rather dramatically. Listen to this. The number one keyword after about mm, 4 o'clock Eastern time is projects. And then change, happiness, realization. These all start coming up. Creativity. Now, they are mixed in with those other ones that we've been talking about all week. But at least we have this positive shift that takes place basically through the day. Hey, we'll take it, right? Well, that's all the time I want to spend on that for today. Just wanted to set that up. 
Let's get into the Book of Water with Steve Forrest. We've been doing this all week. If you have missed some of the earlier episodes this week, we began this on Tuesday, and we've been following the first chapter of the four books of the Elements series. We did Fire, then Earth on Wednesday, Air yesterday, and of course today is Water. And today's theme is Healing, Regeneration, and Recovery. An old woman dances alone in the moonlight on a windswept beach. Only she can hear the music that moves through her soul and animates her body. Her eyes are closed. She moves by faith and by instinct. She's been dancing for 80 years. She used to want someone watching her. She would practice her steps in front of a mirror, checking out her moves. Not anymore. It took her 80 years for her to learn how to forget herself. Her reasons for dancing now are not anything she could easily explain to a young person. Every line on the old dancer's face tells a story. Many of those stories are sad ones. The husband she loved for 52 years and buried 12 years ago. The dear friend who died suddenly of a brain aneurysm when they were both young mothers. The son who slipped away, overdosed on OxyContin. The daughter who could have been a poet, but married a Cretan who flatlined her delicate spirit. And yet we are confronted with this inexplicable miracle on that moonlit beach. The old woman still dances. Of all of life's mysteries, is there a deeper one? Not that terrible things happen, but that we dance anyway. That we can recover. That spirit regenerates. This woman is not a saint. That word is too narrow, too exclusive, too otherworldly. Using it would make her different from the rest of us. That is a mistake. She is as human as you or me. Even better, that resilient old woman lives inside every one of us, if only we can find our way back to her. Finding our way back to that dancer is what this book is about. Let's meet the good medicine of the water signs, the guardians of the sacred mysteries of healing, regeneration, and recovery. Can we call water the feeling element? Ask any astrologer. Water is about emotions. Fire acts. Earth plans. Air thinks. And water? Well, water feels. That single word, feeling, covers a lot of bases. Joy, sorrow, ennui, ecstasy good moods, bad moods, and every other emotional state in between them. All of them are in water's domain. Astrologers who equate the water element with feelings are correct. Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces do resonate with your emotional body. Without water, we would all become inhuman, just walking microchips, flat, cold, and mechanical, devoid of heart and soul and probably with no particular reason to live. We read about the link between water and the feeling states everywhere in the literature of our craft. 
Our argument in these pages will not be that this equation of the water element and our moods is incorrect, only that it leaves out too much of the magic. In Planets in Youth, the great Robert Hand writes, Water is the element of soul, feeling, emotion, and compassion. Liz Green, in Relating, adds, Water is all the blessing of the feeling type, sensitivity to atmosphere, subtlety, charm, and insight, a strong sense of values in human relationships, and the capacity to bring individuals together and instinctually understand their needs. Ronald C. Davidson, in Astrology, writes, Water is a personalizing element, adding emotional context to that which was hitherto only existing as a mental concept. More recently, April Elliott Kent, in The Essential Guide to Practical Astrology, describes the water signs as empathetic and sensitive, and warns that they might be ruled by emotion, lack objectivity and possibly be too defensive to get close to other people. These are all fine astrologers, and every word they write here is correct. No argument. But what does any of that have to do with an old woman dancing in the wind and the moonlight? How did she get there? What gives her the strength to defy the despair that threatens to drag her down into that fathomless well of sorrow? That is the question I want to explore in these pages. One Day at School Years ago, when I was still living in North Carolina, I was offered a chance to teach a short astrology program at the local Society of Friends School, the Quakers, as they are commonly known. The kids were perhaps eight years old, so I knew that my usual talking head approach would not hold their attention. I decided to try a more active experiential approach. I divided the children up by the element families of their sun signs and assigned each group the same task. Their job was to try to get all of the children in each tribe to fit themselves inside an 18-inch circle. No one's feet could be outside it or they would fail. Each group had five or six kids in it. That meant that on the face of it, the task was impossible. There just was not enough space in that circle to hold all those tiny feet. What happened next was pure astrology in action. The air kids sat down and discussed various possible solutions. In classic committee fashion, they accomplished absolutely nothing. But at least everyone had his or her say. Theories and ideas abounded. Nobody actually did anything. The Earth Kids got right down to the task and attempted a very logical solution. Earth fashion, they tried to build a structure, with a couple of the larger boys forming the foundation and stacking the lighter kids on top. A great practical idea, but it failed. They fell down. The Water Kids sat glumly in a circle, lost in their emotional reactions and grumbled about feeling defeated by impossibility. And we will return to their dilemma in a moment. The fire kids won the prize. They all held hands in a circle and spun faster and faster in classic ring-around-the-rosy fashion, leaning outward, letting centrifugal force hang their bodies away from the center, 
while their feet were all two-stepping inside that 18-inch circle. All hail the gods of fire. They got the laurels that day. But we explored those gods back in the first book of this series. On the face of it, the water kids came off the worst of the four groups. They didn't even try. Instead, they wallowed in their misery, in their feelings, and did nothing. As we will soon see, that defeated emotional attitude does not define the limits of the water element. Its higher potentials will put tears of joy in your eyes. But every front has a back, and the low expression of water is indeed that kind of befuddled inability to actually do anything. We have all been laid low by a mood, rendered unable to lift a finger even to make simple, helpful changes. That is the soul cage that water can represent. My antidote about the children at the friend's school illustrates one of the ways we unfairly cripple cancer, Scorpio and Pisces, when we think of the water element, simply in terms of feeling states. Feeling states, in and of themselves, tend to go nowhere. They can become morbidly self-contained and passively auto-referential. They can become paralyzed by the hypnotic spell of their own all-encompassing moodiness. They can be too depressed to even turn on the lights as afternoon fades to evening. Here's a quick real-life illustration of that principle expressed in a broader way. We've all come to dead ends in intimate negotiations when someone cuts off all discussion and any chance of genuine resolution by deploying the nuclear option. That's just the way I feel. End of story. There will be no more progress in that relationship. The door is now closed. Water has doused the fire, drowned the air, and left earth stuck in the mud. And none of that has anything whatsoever to do with healing, regeneration, or recovery. And you know, at the end of the day, that's what this whole exploration into astrology is about. It's looking into the energetic archetypes reflected to us from the sky that affect our lives here on Earth to show us the way through our spiritual journey. And that's the beauty of it. And it is fantastically amazing. I wish you the very best in 2020. I really, truly, seriously do. And I thank you for listening to this. And may we all have a great 2021. Sending you love. Have a good weekend. I'll see you Monday. Bye-bye.